Here we go. Okay. Boss. You're going to have to be the boss because it looks like you're absolutely nailing all the stuff you're doing. Um, I'll, let you, I'll let you take the floor, take the microphone, speak. You are a speaker, so go for it. What would you like me to say, Alex? That's, that's a good question. I mean, we'll start off with who you are, really. Okay, my name is Izzy Miller. Um, and I'm just, I have a bit of an obsession with self-development, self-improvement, growth, progression of any kind but I used to I used to be quite positive but I'd also let the world affect how I felt so woman I could be really positive and the next minute something would go wrong and I'd be in tears or if something like really really bad happened um, like I grew up in quite an abusive household um not a, a, there was a lot of violence both verbal and physical um wasn't the easiest thing to grow up in and then various things happen I mean we all have difficulties in, in our life but um through some of those I start to see myself as a victim and it just ruined everything I lost my job so I lost my flat I lost my relationship I lost two of my best friends momentarily because I was just a mess and I lost about a lot of weight because I used the gym to um to, to distract me from it um, and to sort of fight against it but without actually healing from the situations um, and a few years on from that I realized like you can choose to play the victim you can choose to see yourself as um, at the mercy of what the world does or you can choose to see the world in a way that serves you and since I started doing that not forcing positivity, but choosing how I respond to things rather than just reacting in the way that society says you should react to stereotypically negative situations. Um, my world has literally just changed. So I've now quit my nine to five when I realized all of this and found myself suddenly downloading TikTok that I've been so against sort of downloading. I thought it was all dancing, pointing to the screen, which if that's you, cool awesome um but it just wasn't me and then I found that I could sort of get my message across there people reached out wanting one-to-one -one coaching that I I always wanted to do group stuff and that's still my goal but people want alternative perspectives and you know want to feel the way that I feel that kind of opened up a new door so um yeah I now go into schools universities talking about mental well-being a bit of uh, gender equality it's like that and uh yeah working one-to-one -one with people but hopefully a big project coming soon in the next year that will hopefully yeah um creating a brand around that um that I think yeah. should help people so yeah that's a bit of an overview <laughs> well, yeah that's that, that's super cool like you were, we've all got a story right and you've got to have gone through some sort of cave and out the other side to then figure it out and now you can see life through through a different set of eyes or through a different lens that's really cool like going into schools and speaking to the next generation that is fucking cool well it's it's a proactive approach to mental health you know like the government I, I this is no criticism at all no no it's you big, you but, say what you want they, there's so much focus on a um, reactive approach. So yeah. when people 
need support. And that's why counselling services and stuff are so overwhelmed. Um, and there's waiting lists are so long. So when people are in a diet situation, you know, there are a lot of places to get support, speak to someone. Um, but what if we are actually to tackle it proactively and teach people how, like, why they should love themselves? Like, stop focusing on the things that you don't like. Yeah, there are things about myself that I don't like. I have a freaking, like, massive double chin. But I prefer to focus on the things that are actually going to make me feel better. Because when I feel better, I'm nicer to everyone else. Therefore, other people feel better. And yeah, so I think it's just if you can go into schools when they're or universities when they're at an age where they're being influenced potentially negatively by things like social media or, you know, seeing red pen all over their schoolwork and thinking they're they're not they're not worthy. They're not great. You know, comparing their bodies to other people's bodies. You can then go in and show them an alternative view of the world that makes them feel better, be more motivated and believe in themselves and other people, be less judgmental then the potential that has to change the mental health pretty much pandemic epidemic at the minute, I think is, is huge. Mm, 100%. Like, but I think everything in society is, is constructed around being reactive. You know what I mean? Like you just look at uh, Western medicine. We like to compare the, the, the two of Eastern and Western medicine, right? Like Western medicine is take a pill once you develop symptoms. Eastern medicine is let's try and fix it before you develop symptoms. Mm-hmm. Like it, mm-hmm. it's going to take a little bit longer, granted, but you know it's more sustainable and it's going to last for a long, longer period of time. And I think I, I'm a, I'm a thinker, right? And I think I've go down the same rabbit hole as as yourself. And I think that's where it's come from. Mm-hmm. So we're like we're literally like, all right, I broke my leg, but. I've like ripped a little bit of soft tissue along the way. Oh, cool. Put a plaster on it. Yeah. Like, well, why, why am I putting a plaster on it? Because you've like, you're bleeding a little bit. I'm like, yeah, okay. I'm bleeding, but I got a broken leg. So what am I going to do about yeah. it? I'm like, oh no, no, don't. That's tomorrow's problem. That's uh, you know, future Alex's problem. You're like, oh my God, you're literally taking like one little thing that could be a minor issue and you're just allowing it to fester. Right. And you know, like kids is, kids is a massive fucking thing for me. Right. Simply because I say quite a lot is like every problem in the world comes from like a broken, broken boy. Simply mm-hmm. because they are usually the ones who inflict it on other people, which then breaks little girls and then, you know, breaks all the people and blah, 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 blah. And they, they go on and become pretty difficult adults. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see it all the time, especially back home and in the sense of, these young lads are getting tired of the brush of you're a criminal, you're aggressive, you've got anger management, you've got whatever. And you're just like, wait, hold on a minute. Like they're a fucking kid. How are they supposed to know these things? You know what I mean? We've not taught them how to deal with whatever emotional feelings going on inside. And now we've just tied them with a label that we label adults with, which doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. And you just hit it the nail on the head it's we give them labels Mm. we give labels people individuals who are well you're fluid no matter how old you are but especially at that age to give some label whether it's anxiety depression anger issues um difficult anxious stressed these labels they then identify with them and yeah sometimes the label is helpful because it allows you to um, then find others who are experiencing the same symptoms. But again, that's it. They're symptoms. It's not yeah. part of your identity. 
<sighs> Would you go against labels? Well, not always. That's what I mean. Like I, um, I used to have my form of uh, stress. This happened when I was about 14, 16, something like that. The way that I would demonstrate that is that I would pull out my eyelashes, my eye, my eyebrows. Mm. I had no idea why I was doing this. I Googled it and I realized I discovered it was something called trichotillomania which is where you pull out your, lots of people do it to their hair. So there's a lot of bold. Um, I had no eyebrows, no eyelashes at one point. Um, and that really helped because I was like, oh, there's actually a word for it. It's not really known by a huge amount of doctors and not really something that's been researched as much because I guess it's it's more rare. Um, and maybe you've seen as sort of a form of self-harm, um, although, you know, not not as, um, what's the right word? Um Extreme extreme yeah um but that that helped me find other people by using that word but I didn't think I had for that brief period of time I did have trichotillomania that's you know but at the same time if it's something like you know I've had I've, I've experienced depression before as well but I think I was at the age where I had that where I knew that it wasn't part of who I was because I'd been something I've been happier before but I think if that's sort of where you grow up in and you've never known yourself to be anything different like you're a you're a kid who's a bit troubled at school um and and causes lots of fights if you're then called difficult at that prime early stage and you believe you are a difficult kid and then you you use that as part of your identity because it makes you different or it makes you stand out means you get attention because you're the difficult one Mm. um I wouldn't say fully anti-labels, like even LGBTQ plus community labels are really, you know, they help them feel part of a community. Mm. And that's a way of finding other people. So I think it's working out whether a label serves you or is making you, um, yeah, isn't serving essentially. Yeah, that's a really, that's a really good way of going about it, I think. And being able to um, assess whether it's going to help you out in the long term and you feel safe because of it, or you're going to end up playing into that label, right? Like I can use myself, for example, as a very aggressive kid, like there's a lot going on. Um, and, you know, naturally the first um, reaction a, a little little guy does is rip his head off. You know what I mean? Well, if you rip its head off, it can't, it can't hurt you because it's fucking dead. And um, I know for a fact, if you'd have gone back in time and you'd be like, you got anger management. Are you a problem? I'd have been, I'd have turned around and be like, well, I'll show you a problem. Mm. You know what I mean? So I'm grateful for, you know, me mom and like me dad of basically just saying, yeah, you're just a kid. You need to fucking figure this out. And, um, you know, we're going to help you along the way. But I know for a fact, if you would have turned around and given me a label, I would have played into it and I'd have been that difficult guy. Yeah. Yeah, it was interesting. It, it got to the point where about four or five months ago, so two years, I two years ago, I had two and a half years ago, I had um, experienced something that, that was really challenging for me. I didn't know how to get over it. Um, I, that's what I saw myself as a victim and really took a while to heal from that, like a year. Um, and a similar thing happened, pretty, very, quite similar, happened about five months ago. And when I told my mom that it happened, she, or actually, I don't think I did tell her and she wanted to talk to me about it because she knew it had happened. I texted her that it had happened rather than called her. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to call her 
because I knew she'd say, oh, Izzy, I'm so sorry. And I didn't want to be treated like it was a bad thing. I, I wanted to see it as, because I knew that if someone made me feel like I was the victim of a scenario, even though some people love sympathy, but if I, I got into that sympathy victim mindset, I would spiral down. Yeah. And so for me, it's really important that I, like, I needed to get in there early and be, and sometimes that, that's useful. I think it's important to know if you are going to spiral down and it's in those situations you can give yourself maybe, okay, I'm going to sit on the couch and eat ice cream for the evening nice. or, you know, take, I'm going to take the week off work because I it just, there's just been a lot going on or yeah, I'm going to go to the gym a bit, but it's, it's understanding the best way for you to deal with something. And so I, it was really interesting for me to have the same situation two years later and see how I could respond differently to it. Mm. Um, yeah. That's, that was- that's fascinating. It's kind of like, you know, history repeats itself and what are you going to do about it? Are you going to react in the same way? And it's like, ultimately, you're going to be in the same position as you were two years ago. Or you're going to be like, well, you've done a fuck ton of uh, growing in the last two years. Like, yeah. now prove it. You know what I mean? You've, you've, you've done a good talk. Now it's time to, to walk up and down. Exactly. And I've been saying this quite, quite a bit in the last couple of weeks. Throw me a mental curveball, like a, a life curveball every six months, just so I can see where I'm at mentally. And like, and then I can see where I need to improve. But if I melt down or if I or if I see it as, as a growth or if I melt down, but quick, you know, I think when you get presented with a really challenging situation, you can see first of all how you respond straight away, but also how quickly you bounce back. And it's not necessarily right or wrong but it shows you highlights where you could get better so that's something that I've been saying recently I just so I can sort of see where I'm at and if what I'm working on every single day through the strategies that I I use are actually working are they working I think so yeah yeah. (laughs) it seems to be the case Uh, yeah yeah what's your initial reaction to things do you go like super like fight and you're like holy shit let's burn down the houses let's get super anxious like super like let's go 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 or do you go the other way and be like whoa let me think about this i'm a little bit low frequency brain like sit down and, and kind of get a bit down in the dumps like what's your initial reaction to to things depends on the situation mm-hmm. um but i think i've noticed i'm quite introspective and i i'm quite future focused but i also journal quite a bit which allows me to look back at the past but from a sort of a detached sense so I can see how I responded to things and I think there's two ways of dealing with something um in a, in a better way either when the problem happens you don't even see it as a problem um okay now let's, let's start with the other way the other way is you something happens you might get a bit like feel yourself getting angry or feel yourself getting emotional um but then you can think, okay, right, I'm going to dig really, really deep, find out how this could possibly serve me. Like, I'm really struggling. Like, this is really difficult, but I'm going to dig deep. And when you do that enough times, when the problem occurs, you don't even necessarily see it as a problem. You just see it as like, oh, my train's been cancelled, but like, I, I, you know, I really need to get through some emails. So that's great. I'm going to do, like, I know that's a really simplistic um, example, but as a starting point in general, I, 
I think if you practice when a problem comes up or a difficult situation thinking okay even if you're crying your eyes out how could I possibly be thankful for this in five years time or whatever um if you do that enough times then when any anything goes wrong and someone else would normally get really angry really frustrated or just give up you don't you only see it as a way to grow Mm. um but for me I mean if it's near the time of the month, then yeah, I might, I'm my way of handling things. I might be a little bit more emotional, but I've got so practiced at externalizing myself, my thoughts and challenging my thoughts, mm. working out what's the, thought, what's the fact. So if I'm feeling anxious about something, okay, well, why am I feeling anxious about it? If I'm feeling, if I have someone in my life who's really, really, yeah, this, this is a good example. Someone in my life who's, really really challenging and but I rely on she's a big part of my lifestyle and she can see red she can suddenly flip so all the time it's work walking on eggshells and a couple of times when she flips it's so scary and I find myself like either angry at something she said or literally shaking and I do not get angry and there was one time about work few weeks ago and my hands were literally shaking and I had to hang up I was like because I was on the phone at the time with her so that I'm, I'm really sorry I need to go and my whole body just couldn't work out work out what this was so I once I'd calmed down a little bit I thought right Izzy why has this person made you feel like why are you responding in this way this is you haven't chosen necessarily to feel this way but why is your body reacting in this way to what she said or like and I think I boiled it down to the fact that I don't necessarily feel safe, or, but it doesn't matter what the reason is. It's working out what the reason is and then realizing, well, actually, like I am safe. Like I have, you know, my best friend lives next door. I, I am perfectly safe. But for some reason, I've got it in my body, in my head that I'm not safe. And that works for anything. If someone makes fun of you at school or you, you, you fall over at the gym, right? If we're talking, you know, let's re- relate it to you. If you, if you fall over at the gym and everyone watches and you feel really embarrassed, well, why do you feel embarrassed? Realistically, like, why do you feel that way? And is it, is it valid? Like, do you, need, do you need to feel that way? And sometimes just understanding it is enough and it allows you to accept the situation. But sometimes it also allows you to think, well, hang on a minute, I don't want to feel embarrassed. Like, so what I fell over like at least I'm at the freaking gym you know so I uh I did a a recent poll right of like tell me your best piece of life advice you've ever received and someone in the gym turned around and was like embarrassment is a choice and honestly Mm -hmm. that's fucking gold Mm -hmm. like if you'd have given me a million years to be able to come up with that I would never would have come up with it you know what I mean that is absolutely gold yeah yeah what's that yours? was big pardon what's yours um life advice I've kind of got two go-to like phrases that I come back to when I really need them but the first one is there is nobody that you cannot be yourself in front of um Ooh, that's beautiful it, I realized this and it was to do with the fear of embarrassment um no one can make me feel embarrassed unless I choose to feel embarrassed but we we accept what other people do we think that that's the norm and that we want to stick within that but actually what if we were to just be ourselves and do what we want to do and what we feel is right as long as we're not hurting anyone there's no reason and the three people I use as examples um is Dwayne Johnson 
you know, physically like <coughs> um, potentially intimidating. The queen, as in hierarchy and um, uh, station in the world. Mm-hmm. And grandma, as in just someone, you know, a family member, someone you, someone you know. Between the three of them, you can be exactly the same person in front of them. Like, as long as you're not hurting any of them, but intrinsically who you are is not someone who hurts people. That's a result of life experience. But you can be exactly who you are. There's no need to fear your being yourself. Hmm. You know, so that's that's been a massive one. So there's times when sometimes intimidation is nice because it gives you a sense of adrenaline and then a little bit of fear is kind of nice. You can play off that. But if it's fear to the extent that it's holding you back and you're not being yourself, you're changing yourself, for someone you like, someone you fancy, or whatever, then it don't work. Light is fraud on your personality, you know. Yeah, it don't work. Like, and I think you'll have fun for ten minutes or whatever, fucking two weeks, and it won't work. And it's exhausting. Yeah, trying to be constantly thinking, what does this person want? Because let me tell you, you have no idea what anyone wants. Like, even if they say to you oh, you know, I'm really into this kind of person or, you know, uh, say you're prepping for an interview and you're thinking, what do I, what should I wear? Like, what do you think the company and you wants? And you look at the interviewer and you think, oh, well, they're wearing that. Maybe they, you know, I'm going to copy that. But actually maybe they want someone completely different. They want someone with a headspace outside of what they already know. So you never know. You can never know what someone wants. The person themselves probably doesn't even know what they want. You know, it's so difficult to know what we want. And sometimes what we think we want isn't actually what we want. So the best thing that you can do is just be yourself. It's just do you. So uh, I wrote something recently and it's probably had the most engagement in a while. Right. And a lot of people came up to me in the gym and was like, ah, oh, fuck. That kind of like punched me in the face a bit. And it, yeah. it goes about a, something like, uh, you know, people think they need to know what they're doing and where they're going. But the only thing they need to know is who they are. And literally, like everyone in every scenario in the world is like, oh, where am I going to be in five years? What am I doing? Um, how am I supposed to be doing this? Like, I've got this fucking meeting or whatever, or blah, 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 blah. Just getting burying their head in the sand over some like monetary fucking currency we've put on the internet, which doesn't even exist anymore. It's intangible and about, but you know, buying things to impress people you don't like with the, mm-hmm. uh, will smith speech that's beautiful you know yeah. like of, of what but you get to like 80 years of age or whatever age you get to and you're like well i don't really know who i am and that's yeah. why we get those like midlife quote-unquote crisis right i was like well yeah. no like i think the person i am today is different than yesterday and tomorrow I, I don't know him yet i'll wake up in the morning hopefully and i'll meet the dude and i'll be like cool who the fuck are you and i've got 24 hours to figure that out and then it's going to be a little bit different the next day because I'll take things from this conversation and I'll be different tomorrow. And then I'll take something from a conversation I have someone else and I'll be different the next day. But we just kind of like, we compare ourselves to these predetermined definitions of, you know, nine to five, 40 years of age with a house, a mortgage, three cars, two kids, a wife, a husband, whatever the fuck it is. I'm like, okay, well, is that what you wanted? Uh, not really. <laughs> why did you do it? And it blows my mind why people, why people do it and why people care. Because honestly, hand on heart, I don't give a fuck what people think. Like, I really don't. 
like I have my people and I will help them forever and I will help anyone on the street but I don't care what people think and it blows my mind why people do care if that makes sense I'm like why are you trying to impress them you don't like them I do think as social creatures we I respect that and I believe that what you've said but I do think that to some degree we still hold a tiny desire to fit in because if you know if we go back from a from like to wherever you think that we were created from where yeah. you know huh yeah yeah Un- understood Very easy ago. way of saying it yeah where however you however you think we needed to be accepted into this into that society in order to stay alive yeah. right and so it is just embedded into us you know the fight or flight and that's the same for wanting to be accepted um and i think it's a scale, but I do think that almost like, even if it's just 2%, 2% we, of us does want to feel. I think that no matter how confident you are, there is still, and may, it might just be within a select group of people. It might be your family. You know, you want you you want your family to respect what you're doing. It might not be the entire population of the world, but to some degree, you, you do want recognition and appreciation and acceptance. I'll take that. Something outside. Um, but it's, yeah, as you said, not letting that run your life. And, yeah. Have you heard about the, I think it's like the 100 regrets of the dying? Uh, no, go on. There was a study done um, of about, like, a, I don't know the number, but a lot of people who were on their last legs. Um, yeah. And this researcher spoke to them and said, what's your biggest regret? And I mean, I, I can't remember all of them, but I think the top few were um, not spending enough time with family and loved ones, not not doing what I wanted to do. Um, yeah. And, and, and all of these regrets. And I think it's if you don't want to get probably one of my biggest fears is regret. Mm. Um, and that's not always not doing something. I think also you can regret doing something um, and you don't always know like when you're going to regret that until you do it. Yeah, um, yeah. So I think there's two parts of that. One, knowing, as you said, that we're evolving all the time, day by day. So when you look back at what you did two weeks ago, two years ago, not feeling an overwhelming sense of, oh my God, did I really post that selfie of myself? That's just so embarrassing. Or did I really waste a year of my life in that job because at the time you did what you thought was best most likely and you didn't have the life experience that you have now your life was different the scenario the context was different back then and it's so easy to think oh my god I was so stupid but actually you're different now from when you were yesterday and you know Mm. however many years but then on the flip side of that is envisioning yourself whether your last day is tomorrow or in 50 years thinking what do I wish I'd done and who is it um there's old CEO of Apple oh, I can't I can't remember uh, um Steve Jobs Steve Jobs I think it's him he talks about highlights death and we don't talk about death enough but I think if you take that with you keep death sort of in your pocket throughout every single day 
So you know that literally, if you're too scared about what someone's going to think about what you're going to do, well, to be fair, you might not be here tomorrow. So yeah, you know, it doesn't matter then. Um, and I think that's such a powerful, a powerful thing to, to take hold of. And and that, so then you're addressing not having regrets in the past when you look back at your life, but also preventing yourself from having regrets in the future. Mm. I think that's so powerful and that's personally something, something I'll use too is like I'll, I'll regularly say like I'm already dead. They're like, wait, what? what's wrong with you? Like, why are you thinking so like morbid? I'm like, no, no, no. Like if you act like, you know, nothing's ever guaranteed, which it ain't. The next five seconds ain't guaranteed. We can predict to a pretty, you know, precise measure, but at the same time, it's not guaranteed. Like everything's just a theory, right? And if you kind of live that way, it's like, well, okay. I'll just keep going. And if it ends suddenly, abruptly or whatever, then all right, well, that was what was already written in stone. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. um, the way I try and think is usually because I don't want to allow my very blonde brain to go down a rabbit hole of the right. sense of, I'm just going to be like, right, my time's already written in stone. And when I go is when I go. And I'll just keep on living the way I will live with the information I have now and tomorrow I'll do the same thing tomorrow and the next day I'll do the same thing. And if click your fingers, if that's, that's it, I'm done. I'm like, okay, well, I wasn't meant to reach the end. I wasn't meant to, Oh, that was my end. You know what I mean? I was dreaming past my end and that's okay. You know, I'll be taken wherever else or whatever you believe, you know what I mean? And I think just kind of, we like to hold everything in our hands, right? As human beings, we're like, we control everything. I'm like, no, we mean nothing. Like feelings fade. Everything doesn't mean anything. And life is a gray area. And I don't know, it, saying it as pretty abruptly as that makes it feel like super morbid. But that's just kind of the way I think. And then you kind of, you are freed from the shackles and you're like free to do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. And feelings do definitely fade, you know. It's been if you're anxious about something in the moment, well, you're not going to be, you're not going to be anxious about it two weeks from now. Like, you know, you might, they they do fade. Um, And yeah, exactly. Based on that, of just getting the juice and the zest out of life as it is right now. I also started to say that, yeah, you might, there might be something you're worried about, but let's unpick that. What are you worried about? What do you think is going to happen? And even if it was going to be the end of the world, this thing might happen and literally might be the actual end of the world well then why are you wasting time worrying about it if it could be the end of the world go out and live your life just make the most of it you know if the worst is going to come then let's stop thinking about the worst Hmm. (laughs) it's a waste of time yeah it's um you know we're we're not immortal but we all try and fight it we waste our life knowing that we could never be immortal, but we waste our life trying to create it. And you're like, wait, hold on a minute. That doesn't make any sense. We know we're not going to get there, but we're going to spend the 80 years we have here, 100 years we have here, 50 years, whatever, trying to get there. But we know it's not going to happen. That doesn't make any sense to me. I'm like, what? Like, just go do whatever you want to do in whatever capacity. You know what I mean? If you want to go get on a plane, get get on a plane. You want to like quit your job nine to five and go do something like go speak to kids. 
go fucking speak to kids but I mean the thing is with that is then people come back and say I've learned it's not that easy it's just saying that you know everyone's like well you don't you you're 23 and you don't have any kids or responsibilities so you can just pick up and leave and it's like okay let's go down that rabbit hole even as a parent with kids if you're not doing what you love Mm. and your kids they will even if you don't think they can see that you're not doing what you love if that's the then you staying in that job because you think that you're protecting them by not giving them uncertainty is showing to them how to be safe, how to be comfortable. It's not inspiring them to go and do what they want to do. Would you would you want them for the sake of their kids or what they think is for the sake of their kids to be stuck in a job, wasting their life, doing something that they don't enjoy? Mm. It, we, we think that we're doing. Yeah, we think that we're being selfless. But actually, if we were just more selfish, we'd be more selfless because that's how you and nice. You know, if you're going to a nine to five for your kids, but you get back from your nine to five and you're in, you're moody, well, you're not even your best version of yourself around your kids. Mm. So it's you're way better to just take a risk, show them what passion looks like, show them what excitement and love and dedication and hard work looks like, mm. rather than just what the comfort zone is that's actually far from comfortable mm, i'm big on leadership right like leadership will always always baffle me like one human being looking up to another human being and kind of like following into battle of you know metaphorically speaking um it will always baffle me but if you yeah. have a kid you're a fucking leader full stop like they are solely dependent on you so what, what are you leading them into when you're like oh, i'll do a nine to five well no you can do whatever you want to do you just got to work hard for it or what do you do mom or dad oh i just do whatever because it pays the bills i'm like cool so you're telling me one thing but you're showing me another it's like we have a generation of hypocrites rather than all right i'm gonna go i'm gonna go prove to you that you can do this like i would use me mom for example right she is my number one inspiration full stop over everything mm-hmm before everything full stop and she worked in like the education scene for fuck i don't know like 11 years or maybe more um wasn't necessarily the the job for her however like grew up with her just me mom and um i saw her do that i saw a nanny so look after some kids i've never known her to have one job it's always a double up as you know back home it's things are rough um and then she studied so she'd look after me, put me in a bed, and I was like a fucking tiny, tiny kid. And she studied, and it took her, it took her seven years to do a degree. You know, you're thinking seven years, that's a long time, probably not going to do it. Nah, like, it's it's too long. And I always go back to that in my head, like, no matter what. Like like you said, why are you getting up at 4.30? Are you fucking crazy? Or getting up at 4 to speak to me at 4.30 or whatever. First of all, I'm grateful for your time, so never mind about that. I'll get up at... For anyone listening, just to clarify, I'm in England and it's like 4.30 in p.m. But Alex is in New Zealand and it's freaking like 4.30 a.m. I've so. had, oh, on, honestly, I've had some <laughs> fucked up starts in the past like three weeks. Yeah. yeah. I'm one of those guys that will just work though. And this is another thing. Like, let's talk about hustle culture. Shall mm. we? Let's talk about that. Go on. I'm interested. Well, you know, 
how like five years ago say yeah it was all the rage hustle culture like woo, you know you have to work hard in order to achieve and then now everyone's putting it down being like you need to take time for yourself you need to you know it's not about staying up all night and and you know what like I don't agree with either I think that mm. I think that there's a balance and you do what's right for you so my mum is amazing she's so supportive and but sometimes I don't want to tell her how busy I am because I don't want her to say, um, um, oh, take it easy, ha- have a rest, because I'll think, oh, yeah, I need a rest. But it's all in our mind. It's like with fitness. It, there's, a, there's such a fun, only you can tell if you're getting burnt out. Only you can. No one else can tell that for you. They can look at your life, look at how much you're doing and give advice. And you should be able to hear their advice and not be influenced by it. So you have to stay strong in what you think is right. So if you feel, you know, I, I personally prefer waking up at 5am um, and, you know, working hard throughout the day. But I know that if I go to bed at 2am, I can't wake up at 5am. Yeah, yeah, sure. Now, I go to bed about 11, I wake up at 5. Some people tell me that's not enough sleep, but it works for me. Mm-hmm. It works for me. It's not because I'm overworking myself. It works for me. Yeah. And that's all that matters. Now, some people like to work through the night. Some, for me, I can't wake up at 5 a.m. and suddenly start working. The point of waking up at 5 a.m. is I get time for myself, even if it's 20 minutes, an hour, two hours. Time for myself before other people need me. Time to check in with myself, put myself in the, in the good mood, because if I'm in a good mood, I will be more productive. Whereas if I think, oh, no, I want to be a hustler, I'm going to stay up all night, but if I'm in a terrible mood, then that's self-sabotage. Mm-hmm. So it's finding out what works for you. And if you hear people say, oh, take it easy, like, you know, hustle culture is bad, then you probably, and, and you, you think, yeah, I do need to take time for myself. Yeah, I should, I, I should take a day off. Like, you might need a day off. But equally, if you do that so often, then you're not going to achieve anything. It's... it's and the point is, it's with anything. There's not one answer. It's what works for one person. Yeah. It might not work for one else. Individuality. And yes. sometimes it's out of necessity, right? Like, you get you get people over here, right? And, um, okay, yeah, we'll go down this. They'll turn around and be like, oh, well, uh, like, I took on a role of, of a head coach in a gym here in Christchurch, right? And um, I had two weeks before we started getting back into the gym and, and running through the new programming. You had to do like a day in a life bullshit, right? So I was like, okay, cool. Like I'll follow him around with a camera, I guess. it's That's really weird. Like it's usually just me with my hood up on my laptop for a longer period of time. Um, and they're like, why, why are you getting up between like 2 and 4 a.m.? Like, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, you know, work is on my shoulders. A lot of people turn to me and and I need to give my best work and I can't do it in 10 minutes. Like I need a good amount of time to be able to hash this out and, and create my best work. If it's not my best work, I'm not releasing it, full stop. And um, it's funny because then you'll have a conversation with people and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, like this is awesome, the result or whatever. And I'm like, okay, cool. But do you not see, like, can you not link the two together? You know what I mean? You're like, well, that is because... I put in a fuck ton of hours. You know what I mean? Like the like the book, for example, was six years. I'm like, that's because I just kept going for 
for six years and trying to figure it out and deleted shit and rewrote it and blah blah blah. blah. I'm like, some sometimes, sometimes you got to do it. Like I've been not had a place to stay twice, so sleeping in gyms, sleeping in cars, like you name it. Just I don't have a roof over my head, and I'm like, well, you got to fucking hustle. Like full stop. What are you gonna do? You gonna am I gonna cry on the floor of the gym? with a fucking empty stomach cold and it's dark and be like, you know what, Izzy? I need some time off. Like, you know what I mean? I'm burning out. Like, I'm I'm probably not that good mentally. I was like, I don't have a fucking place to stay. No, fucking work. But, but could you have done that if you weren't doing something that you loved? Because this is the point. If you're mm. hustling and you're getting burnt out all the time, mm. it's probably... If what you're doing gives you energy... And yeah, you might you still might get burnt out if you're doing back to back and getting no sleep. Yeah. But you're gonna what you're doing and working hard towards needs to be giving you energy. So I can be back to back all day and with coaching calls, with traveling across the country to go and do a talk. But I don't feel I feel exhausted, but I don't feel drained by the end of the day. And I think there's such a difference. And that's I think it's when you can tell whether you're being exhausted at the end of the day or drained, it shows whether you're hustling for something that's worthwhile for you or not. Like mm. you sleeping on the floor, like, you know, think about Elon Musk. Like he, I've, I've been researching him a bit lately. And he said at some points he, he sleeps on the floor in the, in SpaceX and he could go and get a hotel. He could do whatever, but he has such a higher purpose, such a passion for what he does that it doesn't matter. But if he was sleeping on the floor in McDonald's, he'd probably think his life was rubbish and hate everything. Mm. So does what you're hustling for fuel you? Does it fill you back up? Do the achievements make it worth it? Or are you just hustling to be burnt out and feel crappy, get a paycheck, but not love what you're doing? Mm. You can run on the spot all you like, right? Mm. Don't focus on moving, focus on progression, focus on where you're going. Like, I don't want to run on a treadmill. If I'm going to run, I'll run outside. Although I don't run, that's a bad analogy. But you know what I mean? Like, like I'm not going to fucking stand on the treadmill. I'm going to look at a wall and it's going to be the same wall I'm looking at for the next 30 minutes. I'm like, I'm not. I'm going to get on the pavement. I'm going to move. Like, that's, that's what it is. Focus on progressing rather than just aimlessly moving. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm working. Like, no, like, you're you're... You've got hours, yeah, but you're not being productive. But also, like, right now, I'm staring at screens. I'm staring at two screens. I've been staring at screens for quite a bit of the day, which is the same as what I was doing, if you, if you compare the facts, to when I was in my nine-to-five. Mm. But at the end of my nine-to-five, I felt drained. I felt I'd had no time for me. I didn't feel like I'd express my personality in any way. I didn't really feel great. Whereas now I've done the same thing. I've stared at screen, but what I'm doing is different and this fuels me and this makes me excited. Mm. So I've done the same amount of, like, if you saw what I was doing, same amount of work in potentially the same place, but I feel very different and I've grown in a way that I didn't before. Mm. It's, That's a beautiful yeah. thing to see. Because you see it fired up and it's, it's fucking awesome. You know what I mean? Like someone doing what they want to do is just like, oh, fuck yeah. I just want to sit back and watch because this is cool. Yeah. And same for you. Like, um, you know, you're 10 times more attractive when you're doing what you like, 10 times more attractive when you're more confident, when you, when you get who you are, or at least when you're trying to find out who you are. 
like well yeah rather than 100 like and everyone everyone's been the other way around right everyone's been super like down in the dumps and they've not really been doing what they want and like you feel like a piece of shit yeah you're like well i'm wasting my time whatever and then the next thing you know like the erratic human brain takes you down a rabbit hole and you're like whoa how did i get here or you could do the adverse yeah you might have to work a little bit more or you might have to do two jobs for a while like unfortunately mate you know some people aren't born with a silver spoon in their ass and they can't just like rely on whatever money that they have somewhere i'm like sometimes you gotta work for it mate you know and like take fucking me as an example if i can do it like anyone can do it like I know you even hear money, that time, but legit. Even money doesn't give you more hours. You know, someone with tons of money still needs to wake up at four thirty if they want to get as much done as you get done. You know, mm. so, uh, screw that. If you like, yeah, go. If you want more money, go and yeah, as you say, burn yourself out working really hard, like X amount of days, weeks, months, and then use that money. But at the end of the day, it's passion. It's passion that burns through. It's all, you know, success is about communication because anything you're trying to succeed in is a result of potentially like selling something or a service or giving, and that's all communication. So if you're, you've got money, but no ability, whether it's passion or confidence or authenticity, then no matter how much money you have, you're going to have a pretty difficult time. So that's, that's, yes, I 100% agree, right? And I, I, I go back to the first conversation I had with the coaches, right? I basically, it was via, no, nah, was it via Zoom? No, I think it was in person. Um, I got brought in, right? And people kind of knew my face, but didn't really know what I'd done and whatever. And that's fine. And I, I don't do it for that. And I'm just like, okay, cool. How do I create this culture where people give a shit about what they do? You know what I mean? And like and having fun working because at the end of the day, that's that's what we want. We want them to have fun because then they look after people. So I look after the coaches, they look after the people, like full stop. And I'm like, all right, I want you to empty your fucking cup in every single class. Every hour that you're in the gym, I want you to drain every drop of water from your cup. And I, I kind of gave it a second. They're like, whoa, oh my God, this guy's wanting me to take a sledgehammer and hit myself in the face. I turned around, I was like, however... After every class, I want your cup to be full again, simply because you love what you do so much that by draining yourself, that's probably not the right word, but I'm going to go with it. Draining yourself or emptying your cup then fills your cup back up. And if that doesn't happen, you come to me and something's wrong and we fucking change something. Mic drop. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Passion is free, mate. Passion is free. And that's what I'm saying. If, you know, if I was a career coach, I'd do the same thing. Like, you know, if what you're doing isn't filling you up after you've emptied everything, then let's have a chat and work out why and what needs to change. Yeah. And like as as people in position of leadership like ourselves, it's our job to be able to do that. It's our job to be able to navigate and add some like people skills and do a little bit HR if you have to, or just kind of like, you know, pull on the strings and, and, and reposition the ships i've just been like cool like this person is getting 80 percent back but i'm taking 100 because i'm telling them to give 100 because i'm like this place is going to be the fucking best place full stop but if they're giving 100 percent and getting 80 percent back that's you know i'm not a maths guy but that doesn't add up i'm like cool so this person needs something and then you just get to know people right when you're like what do you want what do you need like legit hands down tell me the fucking truth even if it's like, I want to leave this place, I'm like, cool, it's my job to help you do that. 
not yeah. by giving the boot. It's probably a bit, again a bad example. <laughs> Even so, like if you get given the boot, well, the, it wasn't right for you, you know. Like there's a different way of looking at it. It's an opportunity to go somewhere else. You've already tried one place, you go somewhere else. Or you can look at it as a victim. I've been kicked out. My life sucks. I'm useless. How do you want to feel? And which perspective is going to make you feel that way? Uh, that just makes me laugh because, all right, I'll tell you a story. I was here for like, no, in the space of like 10 months last year, I got fired three times. Wow. Yeah. Like I got, uh, <laughs> it was a bad year, put it that way. Well, I get fired a lot, put it that way. Um, I'm one of those dudes that if something if something doesn't sit right on my moral compass, I'll ask. I'll ask a question. I'm, usually I'm like, all right, I want to hear your perspective. Um, but I've given you the time of day and heard your perspective. You're going to fucking hear mine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you're going to give me the respect to hear my, my, my words too. And I'll always go second, right? And yeah. if it's like, no, no, I don't, I don't want to hear it. This is the way it is. I'm like, mm, that doesn't sit well with me. Like, you can't do that. And one of them, like, one of them was uh, just fucking bullshit. I was just like, hey, guys, like, you know, with my experience around the world, not just within one place, like with a different demographic of people, this is probably not the way you treat people. And um, how about this side? Can we talk about maybe doing it this way? No. I'm like, okay. I'll go now. And then, uh, yeah, they gave me the boot. But anyway, it's one of those ones. Ten months, three three times. It was a good year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Learn a lot about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was back living in my car, and I was like, fuck. I'm on the other side of the world, like, in my car. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm doing this again. But it's fine. Everything's fine. Have you seen that meme? But like the the dog sat in like the bu burning building. It's like everything's fine. I'm fine. You have to send it to me afterwards. <laughs> oh, it's fucking hilarious. Like I go back to it regularly. I'm just like, yep, everything's fine. I'm fine. Everything's mm. okay. Because every every problem in your life, right, seems like a fucking seems like you're firefighting. Yep. Yep. You know, you put one out, something else on fire. Mm. yeah and it's, it's just thinking I can see it in that way or I can see it in a way that I can make me grow mm. so what's that's your it. advice for people on self-development because that's a fucking hard thing to be able to um, embark on you know a lot of people don't want to do it because it's scary yeah I'd say journal try and journal like the good thing about a journal as opposed to a diary is you don't have to do it every day and you don't feel guilty by looking at the pages that you've missed um, when you journal as opposed to writing a diary um, and it just means like if you're in a situation questioning if you get strong negative emotion that you don't want to feel you feel the crap like ask yourself well why is this no and then you know it might be that you realize the reason why you're feeling depleted of all energy you actually realize crikey when I look back at what I've done over the last week no wonder I'm not like no wonder I'm this tired or if someone at work has, has really made you feel frustrated you can write about that shit and think well why why is this person made me feel frustrated and it's just realizing that you can choose your choose how you want to feel at any given moment so the two I'd say 
I mean, at the end of the day, the reason why we buy stuff is to feel happy, like it's to feel better, it's to improve our lives. Well, if our response to things comes from our brain, then let's work on our brain and how, how we see things. Um, so if you have no money, but you think that the newest iPhone is going to make you feel better, then why don't we just change your brain so that you actually find gratitude and appreciation in something less expensive that you can afford? You know, that's just the first example that comes to mind. Um, Rather than agonizing over the fact that you can't have what you want. So seeing, being able to, waking up and writing down five things that you're grateful for, happy about, even if it's coffee, that gives you a sense of purpose. Always grateful for coffee. (laughs) Cheers to that with mine. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, two things, if you're going to go away with two things to repeat over over and over to yourself is one there is no one that you cannot be yourself in front of even yourself you can be sometimes we're not even ourselves among ourselves because we're too embarrassed by ourselves and second of all this is what I say I realize that this is how I see the world that a lot of people don't understand I've got to a place where I refuse I refuse to see the world in a way that does not serve me wow because I don't see the, and sometimes I do, but I, uh, sometimes I will get, get annoyed about something, and, but it's being conscious, ah, oh, I'm annoyed about this. Do I want to feel annoyed about this? Or do I want to see the world in a way that serves me? If so, then I'm going to find a way to see a positive in this, in this scenario. And if I can't, then I'm just not going to have an opinion about the scenario. I'm going to externalize myself, almost see it as a movie screen and just not react to it or let myself react to it, cry about it for an hour and then move on um so there's no one that you cannot be yourself in front of and i ref- try to refuse to see the world in a way that doesn't serve you i mean perception is reality right 100 percent. you know like yeah the object or whatever might not change but at the end of the day like the way you look at it will change day to day minute to minute and whatever or however you look at it that's that's now your reality mm. i love that um that one of like you can't be yourself are you there's no one you can't be yourself around mm, I love exactly that. yeah it's just you know it, it's just something to call upon I used to use quotes reactively at university I had quotes all over my room and every time I felt horrible or something had gone wrong or someone had said something to me or whatever I'd go back read the quotes and be like yes I you know it's you know I can be myself like everything's fine but actually I've started to use them proactively. So before I go into a scenario that could potentially give me those feelings thinking, no, like there's no reason why I cannot be myself on this podcast. There's no reason I cannot be myself um, in this interview. There's, you know, setting myself up for success rather than changing my fate, my failure, I guess. to Mm. success. Yeah. Yeah. First of all, like, yeah, always be your fucking self in front of me. You know what I mean? Like that's it. It, no, like, I'm, first of all, I'm not one impressed. Second of all, it's a conversation. You know what I mean? Like, don't fucking give me some sort of character that you've created. Like, no, I'll ask you a question, like, and you'll ask me a question and I'll, I'll, I'll meet you with that honesty, right? And just like, nah, there's no, like, there's, there's people for coaches and there's coaches for people. And I take that outside of the gym in the sense of, like, you've got to find your people. And some people just aren't going to gel. Like, unfortunately, that's just the way it is. There's, like, nearly 8 billion of us on this frigging planet. Like, not everyone's going to like you, right? And I could probably write you a list of a lot of people that would turn around and be like, that guy's a prick. 
I'm like, oh, whatever, you know, okay, cool. I'll just keep living the way I live. Like, and like I said, um, at the start, I was like, everyone in my life could turn around and be like, you're an asshole. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, cool. I'm probably going to still wake up tomorrow and do the same thing. The more hated you are by people, the more you're evidently out there. And there are, there's going to be people that love you. There's going to be people that hate you when you put yourself out. The only way to not have negative like people not like you is to do nothing, say nothing and be nothing. Mm. You're always going to be hated. And at university, I was in a, in a position of leadership and I focused on the people that I knew wanted someone else in that position. And so I did not do a good job. But if I, but now, you know, people on social media or whatever, there'll be some people who respond and they're like, well, you know, and they'll, they'll say all kinds of things, but that says more about them than it says about me. And, you know, there's someone else that I've, I've connected with who, on social media who's doing quite well and is suddenly sort of their, their platform's grown and they started focusing on the negative comments they were getting. And then it's like, well, hang on a minute. You're, when you read these negative comments, you're scrolling past all the people that are saying, I really needed to hear this. Thank you. You know, that's actually, you know, I don't know what I would have done today if it wasn't, if I hadn't seen this or, mm. you know, focus on the, on the positives rather than negatives. But again, if it's up to us, how we respond to something, then the same goes for other people. If you've upset someone or, or someone's upset or angry based on something you've done, then they should have the maturity and the sense and the ability to say to you, look, can we talk about this? Or I, I get that you're trying to come from a good place, but I don't really agree. Rather than shouting about it, screaming about it, telling you you're useless, telling you you're horrible, telling you you're doing a bad job. Like that's coming from them not being in a good place. And when you can realize that trolls and haters and people who try to push you down, you see that they are in a place of weakness because if they were in a place of strength, then they wouldn't be doing that. And ultimately, do you want the good opinion? Do you, do you want someone to like you who's in a, in a good place themselves or in a bad place? And personally, I want the good, op- good opinion of people who are confident in themselves, who like, who have their shit figured out rather than the people who, who are yeah judging me when they're judging themselves at the same time yeah and i don't get it it's like we've lost the ability to agree to disagree like like we said mm-hmm. we all look at the the world differently and that's 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 the point you know we hey what's wrong with the debate yeah and like even even if you get to the end of it right like, i hear your point because i'm giving you the time and i'm asking questions to understand your side However, I still disagree. Like that—that's a fucking valid ending to that debate. You know what I mean? Like that's fine. All you need to be able to do is see from a different perspective. That's the—that's the, the one thing that I've been so proud of myself for being able to do: seeing from other perspectives. I'm vegan. I don't care if you eat meat. I don't care. I'm not getting the vaccine. I don't care if you have the vaccine. You do you. We can have a debate about it if you want, but it's nothing to do with you or your personality. It's just a choice that you've made. And I respect you for your choice. Mm. Like, I'm going to make mine. You're going to make yours. Like, and it's cool to see why, why you're doing yours. What's your reason for that? But I'm not going to tell you it's the wrong choice because who knows what's the right choice all we can do is do what feels best for us Mm. do whatever you want to do right ultimately like do whatever the fuck you want to do like 
no one else has got any power over you. You know, gun to your head, there's still a decision. I know that's super, super extreme, but there is. There's always a there's always a choice. There's always yes or no. Yeah. What would be the worst advice you've ever heard? Ooh. Ooh, great question. Um Oh, that's really difficult. I mean, what's the worst advice? Do you know what? I think I'm almost too much of an optimist and too much seeing on the the serving side of life that my brain almost blocks that kind of stuff out. Like for some reason, the first thing that's coming to mind when you said that, and it's not to do with advice, but when I was younger, I always used to be told that I was too emotional. Really? Yeah. And I don't know why that's come to mind when you ask that question. But it's frowned upon, right? I think there's a there's a there's a degree, there's a balance between being resilient and being walked over because you're resilient. And if you can if you can feel emotion, you can be more compassionate. Mm. So you know the, the, yeah, there, there's a balance and I, I really couldn't actually tell you right now what's the worst piece of advice I've ever been been given, I don't think, um, because my brain just doesn't seem to go there anymore. Um, I only take what what resonates with me. Um, but I, I think almost like some, that's the point. Things will resonate with different people. So things will hit home with different people. You don't need a million quotes. You just need the one you can yep. take with you. One that is working on the things that you most need to work on. Um, so the quotes that I've, you know, t- said, they might not resonate with somebody. They may not, you know, work for someone. And that's the point. It's, it's not one, you know, taking one piece of advice and, and rolling with that. It's, it's working out what you, what you need and, and holding on to that. Mm. Mm. And maybe someone's going to quote Izzy Miller. There you go. There you go. I do hope so. <laughs> nah, no, no, it- like- that helps people if it doesn't then there's someone else out there that will that will help inspire and motivate you and I have I that's why so I do a bit as I said a bit of one-to-one coaching and the point is we have a 30-minute chat to start with um if if like a free before they they say they want to do coaching because I might not be the coach for you Mm. you know and I if you turn around and say oh I'm not I don't really align with with what you're saying I am not offended Mm-hmm. I am not offended and equally I might say I'm honestly I don't think that I can help you it might be because they're on medication or whatever and this you know from a it's too clinical and I don't you know I'm not a clinical psychologist mm-hmm. but it's not getting offended you know like we said if you're fired from a job it's not necessarily because you're all bad or unworthy or useless it just wasn't right for you and it's learning to be okay with that yeah so anyway <laughs> yeah I, I, I really appreciate that point of view been, it's been great. I'd probably have yeah. to say be a re- be realistic is the worst advice I've ever been given. Yeah, yeah. I'd That's have to one. say, you know, because hey, what's achieve? What's realistic and what's achievable? Well, yeah, and I go back to realistically, I shouldn't be a mm, true. Still be on the west side of Manchester, like doing whatever I'm doing, being literally the bottom of society. Hundred like, trees themselves and you're here you know or however many it is even that's not realistic that you'd be here right now talking to me there you go 
you could have asked on a podcast. It's so, you know, and what's achievable? Like, I think realistic and achievable is, is all in one. Like, it wasn't achievable to go to Mars or, you know, it, it wasn't. What, who's to say what you can and can't achieve? Mm. So screw smart goals. Screw smart goals. Specific, measurable, achievable, realistic. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, what, you know what's not realistic? Walking into a room and flicking a switch and now there's light. That's not realistic. Right. And you're like, wait, hold on a minute. Now, now it's like, yeah, that's that's normal for us. Exactly. Two hundred years ago, that's not realistic. Like getting in a metal bird and flying over the fucking ocean, that's not realistic. But now it's normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, that's where I go. Yeah, right. no, I I might jump on that and uh, as 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 my one. Hey, we'll have to do a follow up, and I'll have a think about. We'll do we're doing we'll do another another podcast, and I'll have a think and, and come back to you, but. Sounds good. Yeah. I'll hold you to it. Um, I know you're like a fucking super busy lady, so I don't want to hold you any longer. I'm probably yeah. taking other people's time, so I appreciate you. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. This has been wonderful. Wonderful. Keep doing what you're doing. Nah, you too. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll speak to you soon. I'll speak to you soon. All right. Take it easy.